Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined with the true cute one. You may have seen her on HBO Max during season one of 12 Dates of Christmas, but honestly, her Instagram is also one of the most fun nostalgia accounts around. Her videos will unlock core memories. It's Kate Steinberg. Hi. Hi, guys. Oh, I like being the cute one. And I get that too often. And this is a treat. Well, we are so excited to have you. And we are covering today, She's All That. I'm very excited. Yeah. You are all that. And you're the cute one. You're both things that. I'll hang out here all day. <laughs> So before we jump into anything, I do want everybody to close your eyes and hop into our time machine because this movie came out on January 29th, 1999. It was a Friday. Hit Me Baby One More Time was number one on the charts. And Bill Clinton was in the middle of an impeachment trial after not having sexual relations with that woman. Fun. Wow. Wow. (laughs) What a week. Yeah. (laughs) So I will just jump the gun here and say I never saw this movie. This was my first time seeing it. I know, Donnie. I just wanted to rip the band-aid off for you. Well, wait, because I'm nervous. Kate's shaking her head. Have you not seen it either? This was my first one, and I hate to admit that I watched the Addison Rae version before this. (laughs) So I was comparing off Addison's performance. Okay, so with that said then, having no like nostalgic connections to it, how does it compare to the Addison Ray version? I love Addison Ray. I'm a huge like fan. She did a great job, but like it's you can't even compare it to the original. This right. was just so well done. I was just like mesmerized also by like all the outfits, the hair, like the at the prom, like the updos. I was watching on a treadmill and I was like, I had this like urge, like I need body glitter now. Like I just need to put body glitter on my forehead, like my body, like, but no, the the original just like, it's number one. And as somebody with just tons of pop culture blind spots, like most (laughs) of the movies we cover on this podcast, I'm watching for the first time, I do sometimes get nervous that because I've kind of soaked in all of the like big moments of all the movies just through osmosis of being a person on this planet and everybody else seeing these movies that I'm not going to enjoy it when I actually watch it. But I was tickled. Like I was straight up delighted watching this. I was like, okay, I get it. This is a great movie. It's so yeah. good. And I'm a lot of movies, like Chelsea said, she hasn't seen a lot of what we cover. <laughs> so she watches it and she learns very quickly that movies from this time really only are liked because of the nostalgia factor. She's <laughs> like, why do people like this? But I don't think she's all that falls into that category. I think that like 
It truly is a staple. And I think that other scenes that are staples in like teen movies in general, like the prom, like the makeover, <laughs> I think that this, I don't want to say originated it, but kind of. And I think it's one of the best done. Like yeah. the makeover scene in this puts all the other makeover scenes to shame. I True. also was just mesmerized how present everybody was in the movie. Not an iPhone to be seen. Like everyone was just living life. And I was just like, <laughs> what's that like to be at like, I wonder like a school dance without recording it. These people were just like popping up at each other's work. Like no phone call I had. I, I wish I was back in 1999. Looking at that choreographed dance, at the prom, my first thought is like, who has time for that? And then I was like, people without cell phones do. <laughs> well, I have a lot of follow-up questions about that dance that we will certainly get into. I did love the like ever-present meta reality TV real world connection where they even like kind of implant them into the real world. Obviously, Brock is famous from the real world. As somebody that has been like a garbage goblin reality TV lover from day one, I was just so here for it. Now, Kate, I know that in real life, you've dabbled in reality TV. Are you like Donnie and I, where you've been like dumpster diving from the beginning? Like, did you get into all that like OG reality TV? Oh, no. I Yeah. Even before being on reality TV, I was a huge reality TV like lover. Like seeing the real world in the movie brought me back. Like that's what I showed up to fifth grade talking to my other like classmates about. Like that was the tea. It's crazy, like old school real world, um, TRL. Mm-hmm. Just I wish they would bring it back. Me too. Remember a couple of years ago they did, but it was like online only and it was 16 cast members. Like this is not you can't. the real world. No. You can't put, make us do extra steps and like download an app. Like I won't, I won't do it. <laughs> I won't. I refuse. Donnie, what was your like origin story of getting into reality TV? Oh my God. Um, I dabbled in the real world, like real world, New Orleans. I love real world, Hawaii with Ruthie and Amaya. I love my best friend. Whenever she would lose her voice, she sounded like Amaya. <laughs> so then it was always like my mission. I was like, just scream for three hours, please. I want to pretend I'm friends with Amaya. Ruin your vocal cords, please. <laughs> um, but like my biggest reality show memory is the simple life like uh-huh. i was a simple life boy the chills <laughs> like the sun of sun and then that i think it was season three when they stayed on the east coast and just went like up and down mm-hmm. the east coast i begged my family to <laughs> be a host family and my dad said no so that was the big fight when i told him he was just my sperm donor oh. <laughs> like yeah it, it really got dark just because he wouldn't let me host parasailing in my house I I mean, very dramatic, but also I do feel like we missed out because based on your childhood stories, I do think you would have been an amazing host family for them. Thank you. Well, Kesha was a host family that season, so right. I could have been Kesha instead. Wait, why don't I remember that? Really? You don't? No. And I was a huge Simple Life fan, but like I don't remember Kesha. Yeah, Kesha was a host family, and then she became friends with Paris and Nicole, and one of her first songs was I Threw Up in Paris Hilton's Closet. Wow. <laughs> and the rest is history. There we go. TikTok. The more <laughs> you know. Yeah, I loved all <laughs> trash TV, but... America's Next Top Model was really like my gateway drug. And I mean, talk about something that does not hold up looking back on that. (laughs) But then I do think we as a society need to talk about Tyra Banks 
and her talk show more. Like, I don't feel like we as people are talking about the fact that Tyra Banks was just unhinged on television during the daytime for like several years like the woman was pretending to have rabies she was going undercover as like an ugly person like the most problematic shit and she had a whole team of people that was like perfect let's do it let's say you're homeless bring out a real homeless person and let's make this about you tyra it's like i literally thought that was a fever dream until you brought that up right oh my gosh i totally forgot she dressed up as Someone homeless. And then one of her quotes is like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe people were pointing and laughing at me. And it's like, well, maybe people were pointing at you because they were like, what the fuck is Tyra Banks doing? What is she doing here? What year was that? Too recently to be doing any of that. Yeah, like 2002, I think. (laughs) I went to a recording of her talk show and it was the episode where she had like a panel of one kind of like every person. So it was like a gay man, a trans woman, a lesbian, whatever, a straight person. And then basically she just wanted them to fight the whole time. So she would ask them like questions that were like very, very targeted, kind of like diversity day of the office. She would be like, who here do you think would be the victim of a hate crime first? Like those kind of questions. It was crazy. Yeah, I do think there's something about Tyra Banks, though. Like, you know how you typically will like dislike someone because of the same things you hate about yourself, Mm -hmm. like her ability to make any conversation about her is really a talent. And I mean, good for you, Tyra. And I, I see you. I am you. I just thinking though about America's Next Top Model, like for a second, maybe in high school, where I was like, can I like be a five foot six model? Do you remember? They had a short girl season. They had a short yeah. girl season where I was like, well, this is it. I've, I'm going to do it. Here I go. The winner was like from my grandma's hometown in Joliet, Illinois. And I just remember being like, I can't. Like, I'm just so unique looking. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe this is like Tyra's going to think that. I don't know. In my modeling career, I it didn't work out. Well, but you did end up on reality television. It's true. So. Uh-huh. That is true. That is so Kate, true. Would you have let her shave your head? Oh, my God. I think if Tyra was there telling me, like, to do it, I would do it. She just had a hold on people. Or else you're not going to be a model. Like, you shave your head or you're not going to, like, continue on this competition. It was like the original Hunger Games. (laughs) Yes. I went on a podcast recently to talk about an episode, and it was my first time watching since, like, originally Uh watching. And I was like, oh, my God. Watching this with, like, old people eyes. Not that. (laughs) Ah, edit that out. (laughs) But but watching it in, like, a 35-year-old lens, I was like, oh, my God, this did not hold up. Well, they had famously that one photo shoot where... She was like, let's just make you all different races. <laughs> Literally, and how that still just like can exist today, the footage that happened. It's not like that long ago. No. Right. Again, too recently for that to be a thing on TV. It's insane. I don't know. It's just wild. <laughs> this all has kind of like the simple life in this reminded me of The Girls Next Door. Yeah. And how kind of badly, like without knowing the context of like mm-hmm. the Playboy Mansion, I wanted to live there. But like, but now knowing everything, I would not want to. But at the time, I'm like, this is how cool. Like, they get to live in a mansion and like cute pace for like these really cute rooms. Like, I remember like, wanting to be out so bad. That was another one that, again, did not hold up. But like, in the moment, it seemed so glamorous because it was a mansion with hot pink rooms and all of that. And then you watch it now and you're like, oh my God, that truly just looks like a shack. Yes. In the bad part of town that you wouldn't drive it. It's very Grey Gardens adjacent. (laughs) Kate, who are you in the girls' next door cast? Are you a Holly, Bridget, or Kendra? 
I was Kendra. She was so sporty. I remember she had like a super thick ponytail too. And it kind of had like a blunt <laughs> chop at the end. And I remember like really identifying <laughs> with that in high school. She just like was doing her own thing. I remember being like, oh, she's sporty. I'm sporty. Well, Kate, it's been fun, but Kendra is my nemesis. So I will have to bid you adieu. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> no, but here's the thing for Kate and for everyone listening. Like Chelsea said about five minutes ago, what you hate in others is what you hate about yourself because Chelsea is a Kenja. Boo! Boo! <laughs> okay, can I ask who's your favorite then? I loved Bridget, but I'm not a Bridget at all, I don't think. Donnie, you might I'm be a Bridget. Bridget. Yeah, yeah I'm a Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> I wish I saw Holly Madison in Vegas when she was there, like at Planet Hollywood. Missed my opportunity. She was like Little Bo Peep or something. <laughs> I should have gone. She did comment on my TikTok like last week and I literally could not breathe. I was like, (laughs) that's so awesome. I would have like shit my pants. Well, we are here to cover She's All That. So Donnie, before we jump into the plot, do you have any tidbits for us today? Sure, I do. So like you said, it came out in 1999. The director was Robert Iskov. Is that how you say it? I don't know. It's how we say it here. Robert Iskov. And he also directed Brandy's Cinderella and From Justin to Kelly. So truly just movie magic (laughs) by Robert Iskov. And then it was written by R. Lee Fleming Jr., who wrote a lot of stuff, but like the biggest things in his career was two episodes of Friends and four episodes of One Tree Hill. But then also this movie was ghostwritten by M. Night Shyamalan. (gasps) And he, yeah, and he told everyone he ghostwrote it in 2013 and the writer was like, that's absolutely not true. So then (laughs) so then the director had to come out and say like, "Eh, it's kind of (laughs) true. So the writer wrote it first and then they handed it off to M. Night Shyamalan Shyamalan to like add plot points and stuff and then after he did that they gave it back to the original writer to make it all the same like voice and tone now that's a twist yeah (laughs) isn't it (laughs) my god the village who (laughs) that's crazy I i didn't realize like how many people were in this movie who knew i mean i did (laughs) usher like where did that come from usher and wait before i say the other person i need chelsea to so as you heard kate chelsea hasn't seen a lot of movies but she also doesn't know any celebrities names so i like when she lets me know that she doesn't know who people are then i really like to back her into her corner and embarrass herself so chelsea named four people that were in this movie okay I am very much like a mom at a dinner party that's like, you know, the guy that's married to that girl that's on that TV show. Um, okay, so I know people by name. Freddie Prince Jr., um, the guy from Psych. Okay. Dulé Hill. Rogue from X-Men. Anna Paquin. Uh-huh. And then the guy without a tongue from The Hunger Games. I don't know who that is. Her friend. Oh, yeah, I don't know his name. Oh, and Paul Walker. I know his name, too, because my brother okay. was, like, the biggest Paul Walker fan. Um, Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Kate already said Usher. Can we go through the friend group? Perhaps the women? There are, like, two really big ones. Gabrielle Union. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't know who that other girl is? Who? Do you, Kate? No. That was Lil' Kim. No, it was wasn't. Not. Yes, it was. <laughs> no. I swear to God it was. What? Her acting debut. Well, that was the original. <laughs> yeah, version. that was a different face. Yeah. I understand why you didn't 
recognize. I yeah. loved Gabrielle Union, though, in the movie. She was just so sweet. Yes, I kept waiting for, and I've seen this movie a long time ago, but I kept waiting for, like, the shoe to drop and for her to be the bitch of the movie, but it never happened. She was the nice one. Yeah, she was yeah. like, sure, let's go play volleyball. <laughs> yeah. And then didn't even spike it at her. I know. But before we get into all that... Kate, we do put the pressure on our guests and ask them to recap this movie in one minute or less. So we're going to put some time on the clock and go. All right. Um, One guy's girlfriend left him for someone on the real world. Then two guys make a bet that they can make an unpopular girl prom queen by prom. And then they go pick a girl and chance of being like this super nerdy art girl. And then they fall in love. And then that's it. (laughs) Also, I won't leave you hanging that I actually never watch movies. Like, I just, like, do not watch movies, nor do I, like, know any actors. So, like, I am you in this. And so, for me to describe a movie is, like, might be my worst nightmare. (laughs) I should have told you beforehand you are in good company. Like, you're about to see me try to recap this movie. And we covered Freaky Friday. I was calling Jamie Lee Curtis Jamie Lynn Spears the whole time. So, you are, like, in perfect company. (laughs) Disrespect. (laughs) Oh, my God. Meanwhile, my butt cheeks are so clenched <laughs> between having <laughs> having you two here not knowing anyone's names. You're in purgatory. <laughs> so here we go. Buckle up for the next 30 to 45 oh minutes. God. You ready? <laughs> so this movie begins, and it is a typical day for our protagonists in high school. So we have Zach and his dad, businessman shoes, are just strutting around the school where he is the talk of the town, where Lainey is just a gross glasses-wearing art freak. Uh, she is. And you know that I like to pretend I've matured, but... Do you? Yeah, I pretend I have some kind of heart now Mm -hmm. at the age of 35, but like... My high school years, I was a terror. I was a Taylor Vaughn. <laughs> so, so to see this again really triggered me. And I was like, oh, yeah. A lot of movies, they say she's like a weird freak girl, but she's not. But this is a girl I would have bullied for sure. <laughs> Donnie. <laughs> Honesty is key, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> And I have to say, while I have the floor, I haven't seen this since it was, like, in theaters. And then I saw Not Another Teen Movie, and that is one of my favorite movies. I watch it, like, twice a year. But I forgot how closely they, like, borrowed, stole, whatever, the plot of this movie for that. So when the, <laughs> when the dad called her Pumpkin Nose, I was like, oh, I really forgot. Because in Not Another Teen Movie, he calls her Pumpkin Tits. So, like, as soon as he started saying Pumpkin, I was like, no, he's not. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> but Now, see, I think yeah. that, like, in a couple of seasons when we've really covered our bases with teen movies, I want to go back and do a rewatch of Not Another Teen Movie and Scary Movie because those are two movies that for whatever reason, I saw both of them not having any references to like what they were mocking. So then I saw this movie and I was like, oh, I've seen this movie before. This is just the real version. Yes, exactly. Can I say I've never seen either of those movies. <laughs> I've heard the names. Okay. Donnie might have a heart attack. This might be the end. <laughs> See, usually our guests and you gang up on me. This might be ultimate payback. 
I think it is. Just in time for Donnie Appreciation Month. This is just your penance oh. leading into the Get it season. out of your system now. Now we're going to have a full application for people to come on during my birthday oh, month. God. <laughs> now, Zach is clearly an important man with his portrait decorating the school walls, but not even this saves him from heartbreak because we meet his girlfriend, Taylor, who has returned from spring break with a bad tattoo and a boyfriend, Brock, known best as the dyslexic volleyball player player from the real world. So real quick, let's just talk about the moment in time that was MTV's spring break. I would like, as a middle schooler, like come home and watch MTV spring break. Like one day that'll be me drunk dancing on that stage in a bikini. I wasn't like allowed to watch it because they're all like in bikinis. I remember being like, this is like, I shouldn't be watching this, but like I also like can't look away kind of thing. I know. I'm, I kind of wanted that to be me. I mean, looking back, like at the time I was watching that, like, oh, what a dream. That will be my future. <laughs> Looking back, like, that could not have been fun to be at, right? Like, it gives me the same vibes as, like, Times Square on New Year's Eve, where it's like, is it fun or is it just a lot of adults wearing diapers? So here's the thing. You know that I'm, like... A bully and a pervert. Oh, so you're just going to knock out all your best traits in the first 20 minutes. Go ahead. Times Square on New Year's doesn't seem fun at all. But this, at least people are like almost naked. Like I would still go today. If this was still a thing, I would like hang out with Snooki and watch a Addison Ray concert <laughs> in Panama City. Wearing nothing but a G-string and a smile. Crowds in general, especially like I wasn't really a fan of my personal space being encroached on before the pandemic. And certainly now I'm like, (laughs) get the fuck away from me. And just like being around a bunch of drunk people in a pool, you just know there's going to be like urine and no thank Yeah, but you. half of it will be mine, so it doesn't bother me. I feel like that's, that was probably the best time to be on spring break. Before, like, social media, like, like you could just go be yourself. If MTV happens to put you on TV, you know, like, getting splashed with water, like, it happens, but, like, if that opportunity were to present itself today, like, there's no way I can do it. I'm just, like, too self-aware. Like, I have a corporate job. Like, I can't be, like, risking right. it. Like, that just seems so much fun before things were just, like, always being recorded. I don't know. Yeah, you just had to stay away from those girls gone wild. Oh, my God. (laughs) People with the cameras and the consent form of like, go ahead, sign it. It's fine. This will be okay. Your mom will be super proud. Oh, my God. Do you remember? I don't know if it was, um, who's the talk show host that like people beat each other up? Oh, Jerry Springer? (laughs) Yes. He had like a segment on MTV Spring Break. And remember that couple like lied to get on it? It was big news because they acted like the boy cheated on the girl or something. And then MTV like really blew it up. They made a big deal about it. And then later they were like, no, we just wanted to be on TV. Now that is marketing. Yeah, I'm like, should we do that? I still say we need our (laughs) call her daddy moment any day now, Donnie. We just need to get into like a huge fight and get that spot. Well, I guess we don't want a Spotify deal these days. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) I do have to say, oh, one other person that I know by name, and I only know by name because you taught me his name recently. I do not know if I'm going to pronounce his last name correctly, but Matthew Lillard. Yes. So I have a newfound appreciation for this person. So, Kate, this is the person who played Brock 
if you did not know. Oh, got it. Okay. Because I think back in the day, I hated his guts just because I meant to. And Mm -hmm. only recently, I'm like, oh, like that's because he's a really good actor and he only plays douchey people you're meant to hate. And so I do have a newfound appreciation for him because he just plays the douchebag so well. And... I also have to say I'm going to continue our tradition of self-identifying with the worst people in every movie we cover because the scene where he's watching himself on the real world in bed is basically the equivalent of when I make my husband listen to this podcast when we're driving, just like a captive audience situation. So I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Now I'm just all in on Matthew Lillard. That was one of the best scenes. My husband always says, like, why do you laugh at yourself so much? And I'm like, if you're not your own best friend, who else? is supposed to be because i really do nobody in this world makes me laugh as much as i make myself laugh which but maybe i'm a sociopath but i don't know that's the best way to live thank you that's it put it on a t-shirt <laughs> so while we're talking about matthew lillard i never realized because he played like the killer and scream and shaggy and scooby-doo and stuff i never was meant to look at his body before, but that scene when he's watching TV and he's shirtless, I was like, oh, he is cute. Okay. No. He played Shaggy in Scooby-Doo? Yeah, the live action one. I can't today. Like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. Things are clicking. He should have won an Oscar. He truly can do it all. And then, if your brain isn't, like, connecting all the dots, Freddie Prince Jr. played Fred in that, so it was like a reunion. Zach does have a totally normal and not at all sociopathic reaction to being dumped and decides that Taylor is totally replaceable. So replaceable, in fact, that he can take any girl in the school and transform her into a prom queen in six weeks. Okay. (laughs) I mean, this bet and talking about things that do not hold up well, he straight up says, fat, I can handle. Weird boobs, bad personality, maybe some sort of fungus. Fine. Scary and unaccessible, that's another story. And it's like, I could literally hear Tyra Banks now. Misogyny, but make it fashion. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I know that he has to be like a garbage person in the beginning of the movie to show that he grew as well. But I didn't remember how much of a garbage person he and his friends were. Like, Gabrielle Union was truly the only, like, nice one in the friends yeah. group. No, she was. I, I think I identified with her, but... I did appreciate, though, like the makeover part that he gave her. Oh, yeah. And I wish that I kind of had that in high school, like somebody to do that. (laughs) I used to offer to give people makeovers and they told me no. (laughs) So so then I would hide in the bushes outside of their house and say, like, are you sure? Still no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So the first step of his plan to win Lainey over is by pretending to be into the same things that she is. So her best friend basically like falls over himself to give up his tickets to see her visual arts show. And soon we learn why, because this performance that she was a part of was chilling. I was watching with my fiance at the time and uh, he, this was his first time watching it too. And we're just like, what is going on? The face paint. (laughs) the birthing, like there was a lot happening in that. And it was very normalized where everybody's watching like, hmm, wow, art. Right. And that is where I am a theater person. But I'm a theater person that like, likes Legally Blonde the musical, likes Mean Girls the musical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like mass produced theater. This kind of stuff is just full-blown freak territory i would never see a performance like this and if i did whoever i went with i would hold their thigh the whole time and squeeze it because that's what i do and i'm embarrassed for okay so you will not be taking me to this type of performance when i visit you in brooklyn oh no absolutely thank god yeah it is a dangerous game when pretension meets nonconformists because this art show brought back some memories for me because there were some people that i knew in college who like at first I thought were really interesting and had like a different way of thinking and everybody thought they were like so cool because they didn't conform and they were always sticking it to the man and they didn't believe in taxes but like as it turns out they were just people who like to do like 
acid on a school night type of thing. (laughs) And the more I got to know them, the more this became more apparent because they invited me to this thing called Mayhem. And I grew up going to music festivals. So I was like, oh, cool. It's like a mini music festival. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm totally down. I get there and it's essentially like a mini burn. So it's like a mini Burning Man. And the only music there was a high school metal band that did not, shall we say, have the talent to be playing in the Wango Tango (laughs) Festival with Lindsay Lohan's Freaky Friday Band. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of the weirdest situations I've ever been in. And I did partake in some of their libations that perhaps helped me see things, feel things, etc. Things escalated quickly. And there were so many penises. Like everybody got naked. I did not. (laughs) So many penises. There were people whipping each other. There was a woman who had caught a wild seagull and like made it her pet. Like shit was weird. And this is not what I'm hallucinating. (laughs) This is like what's happening in reality. But as these libations were kicking in, I saw a man on a trampoline who looked like Steve Buscemi, who was naked, dick out, wearing a tutu. Now, again, the man, the tutu, the dick, all real, but still to this day, not sure if it was Steve Buscemi. I think just Steve Buscemi's face is a weird thing to have envisioned. Like, if everything else was real, I think it could have been real as well. Well, I went to college in a town where movies and shows were filmed, So I like to believe it was Steve Buscemi playing the recorder, dick out, tutu, just serenading This doesn't even sound real. And then I'm still caught up on the seagull. The seagull. Justice for the seagull. Yeah, she just like went over it. Like that was an important part of the story. She caught a seagull? Mm -hmm. She caught it. She like went over and just like, you're my pet Oh, no. Yeah. It was just a lot. You know, circles become circles. I used to be the girl that went home from every sleepover. I was also the girl that went home from mayhem because I called Dr. Bottles like, you need to get me the fuck out of here. (laughs) Take me to five guys. I'm eating a burger. These people are weird. I will conform. I love society. I will pay my taxes. Hmm. Welcome (laughs) to my side. We love the rules here. But before we move on, I mean... I don't know how to segue from that story, but (laughs) the weirdest show that I was ever in was called How I Learned to Drive. If you don't know the plot, Google it, because it's very trigger warning heavy. So I'm not going to like bring down anyone's mood here. But auditions for it, you had to audition one time and there were three different shows you could have been cast in. And I was obsessed with the other two shows. So of course, I got cast in this one instead. Which is ironic because you never learned how to drive. I know. I know. I was not the person in the show that learned how to drive but i was the boy whose pedophile uncle taught him how to ride a bike so i had to ride a bike on stage i also didn't know how to ride a bike at the time so then i had to ride a bike in front of audiences i didn't know how and then (laughs) my character's name in the show was bb named after his blue balls and his whole family called him that so every day before the show i would cry backstage because i was miserable and didn't want to be in the show poor kate we're like do you want to come on to talk about this lighthearted teen comedy and I'm like let me tell you about the time I saw Steve Buscemi's dick and Donnie had a pedophile uncle. You guys I was just gonna say like oh I've been to like a bad improv show. I think that's one of the things that gets me is like I love improv but when you go to a show and like the team isn't syncing up or you can just kind of like tell when like 
no one's on track with the story (laughs) and I get so cringy for them and I also used to do improv and I used to be those people who'd be like what the fuck is going on like I actually want to run off stage I don't know what to say I don't do it because it's too much of a team sport (laughs) (laughs) well to really bring home the point that he's interested in her art he goes on stage where he does the hacky sack performance of a lifetime Mm. Okay, one more story, and then we can move on. I'm so sorry. So I saw a one-woman show. She played a ukulele randomly throughout it, and like she told her life story as she did it. And the one part she meant to talk about how like embarrassing it is and how she gets cringy and her chest tightens when people in shows say, like, can we get an audience volunteer? So she, to really send that message home, she says, all right, can we get an audience volunteer? And the light come up in the whole house and everyone's supposed to sit awkwardly like so you feel how she feels and I was like woo and then, and then she said oh well no one's ever done that before so, so I ruined this woman's whole show <laughs> just because I wanted to be a volunteer it's not your fault that you're meant for stardom <laughs> <laughs> right I was like give me that ukulele you sit down I'll take it from here So Zach continues to stalk Lainey by sucking up to her brother, talking to her dad about pools, and essentially like blackmailing her into spending a day at the beach with his friends, which ultimately leads to Lainey agreeing to go to Preston's party. And I do have to say, this is the point of the movie where I literally said out loud to myself, okay, I get it. I get it now. Like, I get the magic of these dumb 90s movies because, like, in theory, this movie goes against everything in my cold dead feminist heart like i know that the premise perpetuates western beauty standards i know that he is just a big old douchebag but goddamn, like that music started and she walks down those stairs and i saw that little half pipe pixie cut and i gasped and i truly i did have a moment like a cheesy moment where i was like i am so lucky that donnie and i like get to talk about these dumb as shit movies because it's joy i couldn't agree with you more in her dress when she was walking down it was so beautiful also pixie cut i debating like do i cut my hair like that that is the cutest cut she's so cute i'm like all right she could pull that okay first of all you're so cute so you could totally pull it off (laughs) but i also famously do not like short hair on a woman so i was really nervous when she came down these steps (laughs) and then i was like no she is really cute because I thought they were just going to take her hair out of the ponytail. And then yeah. when the sister was like, do you trust me? You're going to really have to trust me. I was like, oh, please, not a short haircut. Please, not a short haircut. But she pulled it off. And that's like bold to trust someone to give you a bedroom haircut. Because as both the giver and the receiver of a bedroom haircut, never ends this well. Never, never, never ends no. this well. Yeah, that little sister must have been going to like a trade school because she was really good. <laughs> Honestly, I was waiting for like the pivot in the storyline where she was like, I'm going to like cosmetology school. Like, <laughs> I thought maybe there was gonna be a layer of that. No, it was just a sister who was like, damn good at cutting hair and doing makeup and like doing makeovers <laughs> out of nowhere. I was like, oh, okay, we'll go with this. Yeah, it's good to have around the house. Yeah. Did you guys know that Sixpence None the Richer is the Christian band? 
What? Really? Yeah, they are. They are. Because I, too, went to a music festival called Creation Festival, and it was a Christian music festival. Oh, <laughs> similar vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No seagulls, no dicks, but I did get baptized in a lake. And <laughs> every year I was saved just because I wanted to be the center of attention. Because like every year they were like, who needs to be saved? And I was like, me! So then I would run up to the stage. They would save you. I was born again like every year for four years in a row. But, but that's fine. <laughs> but all of this was to say is that one year the headliner was six pence none the richer. I would argue the headliner was you every year, Donnie, <laughs> getting saved. Kiss me. Who knew? She was singing about Jesus, apparently. This song's so <laughs> iconic. I how badly I wanted to go back to the nineties after this. Like I swear, like I I kind of want to like call a hair salon this week and like pull up the most cheesiest updo with twists and braids and spikes and like do get I. it done just to feel something again. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I'm going to call a hairstylist and get the half pipe. And I was about to be like, Kate, I love this journey for you. I'm glad you <laughs> felt things when you saw this movie. Please do not. Please do not get that haircut. Dude, once I just like got a half pipe this week, I don't know. I just really have to let loose for that. You would get like a cease and desist from your fiance. Like she's never allowed to come back ever. Do not have her on your platform again. <laughs> Oh my god, but to have a part, it's like a little mushroom and then the flip underneath. <laughs> it was just so well done. It was so cute. So Lainey experiences basically like every human emotion in one jam-packed party. She gets revenge on her bully. I've never seen bullying like that before when she takes her drink and like pours it and she's like, whoopsie, are you going to cry? It was just like another level of mean, but it also was like 90s drama mean. But I was like, what is going on? Yeah. So despite this party fiasco, though, Lainey is surprised to learn that she has been nominated for prom queen. And not only that, but people seem to be pumped about it. In fact, she has her own hype men who perform a <laughs> rehearsed diss track in the atrium, essentially saying that Taylor is a washed up, stuck up bitch. And Lainey, well, she's all that. <laughs> but um bump. Meanwhile, Zach seems to be getting more than he bargained for with his bet as he starts to develop feelings for Lainey, and he reveals the horrific traumas that he has endured in his lifetime. One time, he had to wear a Dartmouth (laughs) sweatshirt. Harrowing. Going to the schools your parents wanted you to go to was like a big plot point in 90s and 2000s movies. Yes, like a central conflict is that you have so many options of colleges to go to, but you have to go to the very prestigious one your parents went yes. to. And that was like after she said that, like her mom died of cancer. <laughs> right. And then he's like, I have to go to Dartmouth. I'm like, that's <laughs> not okay. <laughs> Read the room. Truly. She was like, we had to pick out my mom's coffin. And he was like, I had to pick my dad's future. I was like, okay, relax. Because (laughs) my parents didn't go to college, but like they were still as stressed out about it as his dad was, but like the opposite. They were like, we didn't go to college. Look at our jobs. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go, which I understand. Thank you for being good parents. But then to like really back it up, 
my dad used to take me to take your child to work day. But then like other kids went and got to like sit in the office with their mom and color while she like whatever answered phones or Mm -hmm. was a doctor. My dad was a maintenance supervisor in condos and he used to make me clean people's apartments (laughs) and paint the boiler room. And he was like, see what happens when you don't go to college. It was like scared (laughs) straight. But I wanted to go. (laughs) So so I don't know what this is doing except making me hate you. Oh my god. So the time has come where we need to talk about this pube pizza. Uh, oh my god. That made me so sick. So Lainey's brother is being bullied, so Zach stands up for him, which okay, sweet. That's nice. Good for you. Great. Did we need to enjoy making two people eat pubes so much? Like, did we need the close-up? Okay, well, also, I know that I'm famously face-blind, but the girl who provided the pizza for said pubes, that was Sarah Michelle Geller, right? Like, I didn't hallucinate her. Yes, it was. It was Sarah Michelle Geller. And what makes me so mad is we wasted a Buffy cameo on pube pizza. Like, no lines, <laughs> literally just handed this boy pizza so pubes could get put on it. I was so mad because, let's rewind, this was part three of a Scooby-Doo reunion. Well, like prequel, because this was before Scooby-Doo. So we had Matthew Lillard, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Freddie Prince Jr., all Scooby-Doo cast members, and she's barely in it. They saw that pube pizza and they said, gotta have her. (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed like Zach enjoyed it too much. It was like bordering on sociopathic that he was like really relishing in the pube eating. He had so much power in that scene because he's like, eat the pube pizza. And then the other guy laughs. He's like, now your turn. Yeah. The other guy's like, I guess I have to. I almost like saw like, would you like to play a game? Right. It's like, Jesus Christ. And then he like looks at Lainey and she... I wonder what the script said, because what was your reaction to that supposed to be? Like, horrified, <laughs> but also thankful. Turned on. <laughs> She's like, man, that really wet my whistle. <laughs> so gross. So gross. Now, I do know that we are not one to talk about pacing, because as you see now, Kate, like, we get to, you know, minute 45 of this podcast and we're like, oh, and we're halfway through the movie. So really quick, here's the end. But the pacing of this movie was strange where like normally it would be like the big reveal is at the dance. The devastation takes place at prom. But instead in this movie, Lainey learns about the bet beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then this is like the strange part. So she's asked to go to the prom by the evil frenemy, Mm -hmm. Dean. Like, what is this guy's deal? Because, like, at this point, you've won the bet. You've destroyed this girl's confidence. You've crushed your best friend. Like, what else do you want to, like, dance on their graves? Yeah. (laughs) Truly, yeah. What did he get out of it after this? Except, I mean, he was going to have sex with her, but he's Paul Walker. He could have had sex with anyone at that school. Very strange. Just going the extra mile, I suppose, for chaos. (laughs) But at the prom... We did allude to this. There is a choreographed number, and we do know that Donnie had a choreographed dance and a near murder because of Blue Gray at his (laughs) school. But this little number really left me with more questions that would not be answered because, like, how does everybody know this dance? Like, even Lainey is, like, begrudgingly doing every step, and it's like, is this their version of the cha-cha slide? I am so (laughs) glad I did not go to this high school. Uh, See, I wish I did. It was odd. And now I'm thinking back to like, it makes sense because there was a whole dancing in the Addison Ray movie at prom. And I remember like, Chad, my fiance and I were like, what the, 
But now it makes sense that they were like nodding to the old one. But yeah, because the part of the dance when they like do that slap, yes. that slap, that one like move stood out to me. I have a little trivia. This scene wasn't in the script originally, but then the movie was running so short, they were like, we need something else. Because even oh, wow. with this scene, it's only an hour and a half. It was a quick movie. That's yeah. a great fact because the dance was very long. So <laughs> now you know why. They're trying to kill time. And that rap earlier as well yeah and probably true. the pube pizza actually now that we're talking about yeah they're like another close-up on the pubes please <laughs> and i feel like all of usher's cameos just randomly popping in there. yeah i feel like his cameos were all filmed on the set of one of his music <laughs> videos they were like just say this line really quick for me meanwhile lil kim was doing the work she was wearing sweater vests and everything she was here to act Luckily, Lainey's best friend was taking a huge public dump <laughs> because this does allow him to overhear Dean bragging that he's going to bang Lainey in a hotel room later that evening. <laughs> this kid's plan of action, like, talk about someone I do not want around if there's a house fire, if we need a quick thinker, because being the good friend he is, he immediately rushes out of the bathroom to tell Zach's sister. <laughs> so then they sprint down to the dance floor and inform... Zach, right. why are you not going to Lainey? Why are you not no, telling exactly. Lainey? And also, he was so out of breath. He couldn't get it out. I was like, just spit it out. Like, <laughs> And this is a logistics thing that I should probably just ignore. But in Josie and the Pussycats, starring Rachel Lee Cook, the big like concert at the end, the boyfriend is yelling in an arena <laughs> tour how much he loves her. And she hears him over this freaking concert <laughs> audience. Meanwhile, this is just like kids quiet already listening to the prom king speech and this kid is like zach zach <laughs> nobody hears a damn thing i was like they need to adjust the audio levels of rachel lee cook movies because clearly That's clearly there is a problem <laughs> it really made me mad well i am impressed <laughs> with how you were able to bring in your greatest frustration about the josie and the pussycat it was the scene. first thing i thought of when it happened this time. <laughs> he was screaming <laughs> and like screaming as he passed laney laney was leaving he was running through the crowd screaming <laughs> now luckily laney is one self-sufficient independent woman who don't need no man to blow a bullhorn <laughs> in a creepy dude's ear so after just blowing out that guy's eardrum not having sex with him she heads back home to find zach standing stiffly in her living room but he called two hotels to try to find her and then when he couldn't he just showed up at her house instead like oh hope this doesn't take a dark turn if so i'll see you in the morning <laughs> like why what was the pl plan of that yeah <laughs> yeah so zach tells her that he made that bet before he knew her I would argue that that's kind of semantics and the real <laughs> crux of the issue is that he was the kind of person who would make that bet in the first place, but Lainey seems to be cool with it. So they head out to the backyard where lights turn on as they dance. Her dad, who I guess like his whole personality was just like that he watched TV and mm -hmm. like Jeopardy. He was really being the ultimate wingman. Like, he mm -hmm. totally wanted his daughter to get railed on prom. <laughs> <laughs> he should have made a bet. He yeah. was being a really good wingman the entire movie, especially at the end where he's like, why don't you go out to the backyard? I was like, what? Like, I also didn't talk to boys in high school, so that would never have been, like, a situation I was in. I don't know how that goes, but, I mean, the dad was pretty cool. Yeah, he put mood lighting on so they could make out in the backyard. <laughs> what a dad. Love it. <laughs> 
So this movie ends and we do learn the stakes of the bet. We learn what Zach lost and he had to collect his diploma naked. Now, this wasn't like a streaking situation. I do want to clarify that this boy, this high school child, was sitting there for presumably the entire ceremony with his dick out. And it really did take me back to mayhem. (laughs) Again, another question. Another like odd ending. You've been shyamalan Okay, so I've actually never seen that movie, or I don't know really what you're referring to. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. This is too far, Kate. Too far. How does it feel, Chelsea? How does it feel? Oh, my God. M. Night Shyamalan. Like, all the twist endings. Um, The Sixth Sense, The Village. Signs. Okay. Yeah, all those movies. He wrote and directed them. Got it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I I couldn't, like, walk away from this tonight. We would have got a DM in an hour. What were you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Okay. It makes sense. (laughs) So this movie does end, as is turning out to be a tradition on this podcast, with more teenage nudity at a public school (laughs) function. Just love a through line. Okay, so I only feel appropriate saying this because he was clearly not underage, but I didn't mind it in this movie because he was a boy. When it's girls taking their tops off, I'm like, this is too much. When it's Freddie Prince Jr. abs, I'm like, I can make exceptions (laughs) Perp. Perp. You know that about me. That's why I didn't have friends in middle school. Because I was too gay for the boys and too perverted for the girls. (laughs) There wasn't a place for me. So, final thoughts. Well, I guess there is actually a remake. So, just tossing out the Addison Rae version. Mm -hmm. If there was another, another remake, who would we cast today? And Kate, you feel free to just do it like a mom playing charades. Tell us like this person from there. Do it however you <laughs> okay, feel. Okay. Here, Donnie, you go yes, first and you. then we'll circle back. All right. So because they did remake it already and it was a flop. Well, it was a flop to me. I don't it probably did very well. I said we can't put it in high school again. I don't even want to touch on the chance to make it a flop. So I said it in elementary school <laughs> where where Freddie Prince Jr. is played by Northwest, Taylor Vaughn is played played by um, Blue Ivy, and Lainey Boggs is played by Cristiano Ronaldo's son, who's 11 years old. So it's like 10, 10, and 8. Okay, I hate it. <laughs> But I love it. I I hate everything about it. I love that you took this and you're like, how can we make it less problematic? I know, elementary age students. Well, Kate, I think that you will definitely do better than that. Just throw spaghetti at the wall. You got it. Okay, so to play uh, Zach, Harry Styles. I think I would love to see Harry Styles. uh, And then I would love to see then as like – a, maybe like a glow up for uh, Lainey. I would love to see Lizzo. I think I would just love to see her act. I think she'd be so, super funny, and I think that'd be a good duo. No, yeah. that's great. I think you hustled us. <laughs> so I said Pete Davidson. Well, actually, our guest said Pete Davidson a couple of weeks ago, and now I just, you know, have one mm-hmm. track thought. So, you know, it's fine. Um, for Brock, I think Pete Davidson could do that role well, like just to play that, like, reality TV character. Donnie, fix your face. Well, did you just cast two people as Pete Davidson? <laughs> no, Brock as Pete Davidson. Oh, okay. I mean, you said Pete Davidson as Zach, and then I thought you said, and as Brock, Pete <laughs> Davidson. I'm like, what I want Pete Davidson to do a big mama's house situation. <laughs> there we go. Uh, for the Paul Walker character, Ethan cut something. He plays Carl from Shameless. Oh, okay. I do have to give the disclaimer 
for this round strategy, I Googled 20-year-old actors and I went down the list. So that's how we got it. For Zach, I have Charlie Plummer, who was in Moonfall. Didn't see it, shockingly. And then for Taylor Vaughn, I have Sophie Turner, who's from Game of Thrones. I'm realizing now I did not get around to casting Lainey Boggs. Pete Davidson. <gasps> Pete Davidson. <laughs> but do you know why, Donnie, is I got sidetracked? Because your nemesis, Bindi Irwin, was no. on And I spent my time typing that name instead. So actually, for Lainey Boggs, let's just go for it. Balls to the wall, Bindi Irwin. Wow. I have nothing nice go. to say. So final <laughs> question. For us, what aged well about this movie and what aged like Blockbuster? I mean, the overall plot, I think, didn't age well, but her makeover really did. I also think like the inclusivity of her brother's character aged well because it wasn't even really mentioned. Like the fact he had a hearing aid, he beat to his own drum, he was like putting Mm -hmm. fresh ground pepper on people's plates. Like, he just was allowed to be himself, and I thought that was really cool. Like, there was the scene where he was bullied, but even then, he was stood up for, and I thought that was, like, very against the grain Mm -hmm. for what we typically saw in the 90s and 2000s. Also, to add on to that really quick, I think the inclusivity and diversity of the friend group, too, For this to be in 1999, I felt like a lot of these movies took a step back because they had like four black friends and then movies from 2000, 2003, whatever, is like all white people. Yeah, very true. I think the um, making over the girl to be popular didn't age well, obviously. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You don't need that. But I think the fashion aged amazing because all the styles are back. Like you cannot tell me every single look. The dresses they were wearing is definitely like Reformation right now. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. I want a varsity jacket. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, like, everything old is new again. Like, I feel like you could do a TikTok where you literally just, like, recreate their looks. Not that I'm, like, being your content manager. (laughs) No, I... Please make a TikTok where you recreate their looks. (laughs) I accept all inspiration. Like, and I I really want her dress when she walks down the stairs. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on and allowing us to terrorize you with just our terrible <laughs> stories from our past. No, I loved it. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. And I think this like definitely kickstarted my love for 90s movies. And I think I'm going to watch more. You should. You definitely should. Because as somebody that's going on this journey, it's like... It's such a fun walk down memory lane, but also just for like a content purpose. Like yeah. it's such inspiration because there's just so many iconic moments. But before yeah. we let you go, tell the people where they can follow you, find you, all the things. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at it's Kate Steinberg. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you, you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.